Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information or to get connected, check out navigatorschurchministries.org. Justin, how are you today, my friend? Doing well. How are you doing? Good. So season two is the season of random questions. Here is my random question for you. Okay. Who is your favorite athlete of all time? Oh, wow. Any sport. Just your favorite athlete of all time. I'm going to have to say Nolan Ryan. Oh, Nolan Ryan. The Ryan Express. All right. Tell me why. Why is he your favorite? So growing up, I was a pitcher and... He was the example for me. He published a book called Nolan Ryan's Pitching Bible. Hmm. And I read that repeatedly, a couple times a year at least, and tried to apply this stuff. So, yeah, that'd be, that'd be mine. How about for you? Uh, for me, it would have been Barry Larkin. Or it is Barry Larkin, not would have been. He's still around. He's, he is? Yeah, he's calling Reds games now. Uh -huh. I'm sure you've heard. And, and why Barry? Uh, you know, so Barry was a part of that 1990 World Series team. I was 10 years old, and I'll never forget his leadership in that season and the season's post. Hmm. So he, for me, he was an all-around player, athlete. He was on the field incredible, and off the field, he seemed to lead the clubhouse. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, great. And it's a perfect segue in today's topic. If, if you guys are, are subscribers, and if you're not, you should go ahead and hit that subscribe button right now. Uh, we are in week number two on our 2 Timothy chapter two about the types of disciple makers, right? And so uh, last episode, we talked about the posture of an effective disciple maker as the soldier. And this episode, we're going to talk about the posture of an effective disciple maker as an athlete. Okay. As an athlete. Tony, and remind us where we're getting this stuff from. Yes. As a matter of fact, why don't I read it for us? Okay. Second Timothy uh, chapter 2. I'm going to look at verses 2 all the way through 4. Let's do 4. The problem is when I get into the scripture, sometimes I just want to keep reading. I know. It's so good. <laughs> uh, uh, so Paul writes... And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, this is verse five, does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to to the rules. Let me read verse five one more time, because that's really where we're going to focus on today. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. Now, Justin, I know um, that you were an athlete, are an athlete. I don't want to, I don't want to shortchange you in any way. No, I'm getting up there in age, right. so it's a little different these days. <laughs> this is 41 <laughs> for me, right? Like, um, what does it mean to be an athlete? Yeah. Yeah. Athletes, right? They're a rare, rare breed, although not as rare in our culture, right? We are a very athletic focused culture. Um, but athletes are those who are committed to a particular game, a sport, 
And one of the unique things about athletes, I think, is that they're they're willing to practice in order to become successful. And as this passage says, they have to compete according to the rules, right? Mm. So if you're playing a game or a sport, you cannot do things that are outside the rules because it won't be allowed. And so you have to learn the rules and you have to stay within them. But the other thing that's unique, Tony, is that uh, athletes practice so that their skills can come out. Yeah. And so it's it's skill acquisition that can then come out in the heat of battle, in the game, right? And so they are working to become something, not just to know something. And so that's a really big difference uh, between like an athlete and an academic, for instance, right? Athletes are working so hard to practice and to become something so that the thing that they're becoming can come out when it counts. Hmm. Hmm. I, you know, that makes a lot of sense. I, I've got my oldest son, Connor, who, of course, you know, he's, he's playing uh, JV and varsity football this year mm-hmm. um, at a football factory, which is Centerville, Ohio. Sophomore, right? He's a sophomore. Okay. He's a sophomore. And so uh, one of the things that I've been struck by this year, and I think it goes along with what you're saying, is that he's now working on the finer details of his sport more so now than ever before. So that when he's in the game, it really can show up. So like the other day we were having, and this is going to sound weird, but we were having a conversation about his footwork when he's closing in on a running back Hmm. as a linebacker. Okay. Right. And, and not in a million years that I think that we would ever be having a conversation about footwork closing on a running back as a linebacker. Like who thinks about that? I've never thought of that. Yeah, exactly. But, but again, to your point, He's working on the finer details of his craft so that when he comes in during the game, it'll show up in a certain way. Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. And your interpretation of the, the text, is that kind of what Paul is getting at? Yeah, so I think Paul is getting at a couple things here. Um, and partially we see it in this text and partially we see it in some of his other uh, letters to the churches. But uh, the one thing is just the, the idea of pursuing uh, holiness or staying within the rules, right? An athlete is committed to following the rules and doing things the right way. Kind of like that, that story with Connor, like he is committed to figuring out how do I get my footwork right so that I can have the outcome that I want. Hmm. Right. And athletes are willing to practice that. And, and Paul kind of references this too in, uh, first Corinthians nine, verse 26 and 27. I'll, I'll say those for us. It's, um, Again, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27, Paul says, Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. And so, you know, one of the things that athletes do, just as Paul is suggesting here, is we will discipline our bodies to get them to do the things that we need them to do so that we can win the game and get the prize. And that's what Connor's doing, right? Is he yeah. he has something that he's practicing and working on, so that he can be successful in the game. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I think about in terms of that Second Timothy. But the other thing it reminds me of, and this kind of takes me back to when we were ministering in Asia, um, is Buddhists uh, as part of the Buddhist faith. One of the things that they'll ask each other regularly is, "What is your practice?" And, you know, we don't ask that as disciples no. or Christians. And if we did, I'm not sure we would have something to answer, right? We'd be like, uh, but 
But athletes have something to answer. If we were to ask Connor, Connor, what are you practicing? He would tell us that, right? Right. He would talk about his footwork. Yeah. And when I was pitching in high school and, and working on on my game and my craft of pitching, I always had things. I'm like, yeah, I'm working on this pitch. I'm working on getting this one to move a certain way. I'm working on getting it to uh, that spot on the inside corner, you know, whatever it was. I had things that I was practicing, and that's what athletes do, right? Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot uh, as, as we talk about this, and I think about the the path to becoming an athlete, the path to becoming uh, an effective disciple maker, uh, what what I'm reminded of is the probably one of the practices that I'm working on now that is the hardest for me, which is scripture memorization. Mm. Right. And you and I have talked about this a lot <clears throat> yep. um, because you're constantly challenging me as a, as a good coach or or d- disciple maker would. Right. Like, how's the scripture memory going? And, and the truth is, is that I'm. I'm going seasons where some seasons I'm like, I'm really practicing well. And as a result, they're there, they're available. But man, the minute I stop practicing, Hmm. the minute I stop uh, going over my notes or going over the scripture or you, I have an app that I use sometimes the minute I stop doing those things, it's, it's shocking (laughs) to me how fast the scripture will fly away out of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it reminds me though that, you know, athletes work on their weaknesses. Yeah. Right? That's right. You cannot, you're not going to be a successful athlete if you just say, well, I'm really good at this, but that's all I'm going to do in this game. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm sure Connor has strengths in football. Sure. And if he said, you know, yeah, I'm really good at these other things, and I, you know, this closing on running backs, that's just not my thing. Um, you know, he's not going to be successful very long, right? The coach is going to say, hey, if you're not willing to work on that, then we're going to find somebody who is. Right. And athletes will work on their weaknesses. And I think in the same way, successful disciple makers will identify what are their weaknesses. Right. right? So just as you mentioned, scripture memory for me, you know, for decade or more now, it's been relational skills, trying to work on those and become better at those um, and more effective as I'm relating to people in the different phases of relationship. And if I hadn't done that and if I don't continue in that, then I'm not going to be effective in my disciple making. Yeah, I, I think that makes a, a, a really good point that there are there are no shortcuts to being a complete disciple maker, just like there are no shortcuts to being an athlete. And and I don't know if you've ever sometimes Instagrams tries to sell me things. Okay, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it's true for all of us, right? right. That the algorithms watching us and all the things, and it's like. Yep. Um, you know, I'm always looking at workouts and I'm, I'm trying to be my body in a submission, like Paul said. <laughs> right. And, and so every once in a while I'll get this like, Hey, take this pill and lose 20 pounds. Sounds or so easy. 50 pounds or whatever. Right. right. Like, you know, or, or, you know, on the really good marketing, they'll even put the little disclaimer. You may lose too much weight too fast. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Be that would terrible. be horrible. Right. <laughs> like. But but the the reality is, and, and anyone who's ever bought those products, and not me necessarily, but maybe me, let's just say, right? Um, there there are no shortcuts to any place worth going, right? Right. They're, they're, in in disciple making, you're not going to be able to program or curriculum your way to being a complete disciple maker. Like you know, you and I both talk to pastors all the time. 
And one of the things that they say was, well, I'm just not very good at it. And, I, and yeah. the response is always the same. You're not going to get good at it unless you do it. Right. Unless you practice. Like yeah. it, it takes, we say it all the time, it takes reps. Yep. Right? Baseball's a game of reps. Football's a game of reps. Being yeah. an athlete is about getting the reps. And the best athletes aren't always the best physically gifted. Sometimes they are. Mm-hmm. But they're always the, the one who's out there getting the most reps. Mm-hmm. And they're willing to do it, right? They're willing to go through that phase of not being good Mm. so that they can be good, right? And the other part is, you know, it's skill development, as we mentioned. And so, you know, it's much easier to know something than to become something, right? And so it's – and high-level athletes, the Olympics just happened, you know, not long ago. And when you look at athletes at that level or any professional level – their goal is to be so good and to develop those skills so far that they don't have to think about it. It just happens automatically, right? The right thing comes out at the right time. And, you know, that's where I'm still, I'm still trying to get there as a disciple maker, right? I have weaknesses that I'm working on. I have things that I need to get better at in disciple making. And honestly, that's one of the things I love about disciple making Mm -hmm. is it continues to challenge and to invite me to become more skilled at it and again it's not it's not me doing the work you know the spirit's still doing the work but i want to bring everything i have and everything i am and i want to surrender that and and bring my best to the table so that i can be an instrument through which god easily moves and works yeah i'm reminded of uh and paul uses this language all the time i'm reminded of what he wrote in second timothy four um verse six he says for i'm already being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near so he's, he's kind of calling a shot so to speak i and verse seven i fought the good fight i have finished the race i have kept the faith now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but also all who have longed for his appearing and what i love about this idea is that Paul is moving towards a, a defined victory for him. Hmm. He's moving towards a defined end zone or a defined uh, play. You know, he knows what a home run looks like, mm-hmm. and it is disciple-making. Yeah. Yeah, especially when we pull back and we look at the context of, of Paul writing this letter to his, you know, I think one of his more obvious disciples in Timothy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's writing this to the person who he wants to follow in his footsteps, yeah, right? And so in a lot of ways, it's almost like saying, hey, hey, Timothy, here's my training manual for you on how you can follow in my footsteps as I've attempted to follow in Christ's footsteps. Hmm. Yeah, I really like that. Right, I'm sitting here thinking, Tony, about, well, you know, there's probably a lot of people listening that they would never identify themselves as an athlete. Right. Sure. Sure. How does this apply to them? And I just thought of this question. I'm going to put you on the spot, but I'll I'll share what I think. And I'd love to hear your thoughts, too. But, um, you know, I think it's not just athletes that that are doing this. It's just what Paul pulled out and picked. And for whatever reason, that seemed to be front of mind for him. And we're going to have in the show notes a list of verses where Paul gives kind of athletic striving sort of language that you guys can look at. But really, even musicians and artists, I mean, certainly musicians, they do the same sort of practice, right? Sure. The same sort of repetition, disciplining themselves so that they can get the skills that they're going to need to do the things that they're 
they feel like they're called to do in that realm. And so whether you're an athlete or whether you would never consider yourself an athlete, the things that we're talking about, I, th- I think it still applies to them. Yeah, I'm, I'm reminded of Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000-hour rule, right? To become an expert, he, he is kind of famously even misquoted. He, didn't, he would later go on to say he didn't really mean it like that, but the idea is the same, which is, hey, if you want to get good at something, it requires high repetition. Mm-hmm. And I think that Paul pulls this example of an athlete because it's easy to see. Yeah, because the physical transformation, it's much harder to see mm. spiritual transformation because it's not as um, it's not as quick. Right. It's not as defined right. as like, you know, watching your muscles go from weak to strong. Right. But the truth is that you, you spend a couple of years in scripture and your muscles will go from weak to strong. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you spend a couple of years in prayer and then all of a sudden your prayers will will they'll grow and they'll strengthen. And, and not to say that God doesn't value all of what we bring to the table in every season mm-hmm. but the truth is is you know we're striving towards something yeah. we, we have a common ground in mind yeah and you know there's some christians that might recoil from from this idea of striving right and they might think of well you know god jesus has done the work for us we don't need to do the work and you know my pushback to that is you know look at some of these verses that we're reading from paul you know, he very explicitly is communicating striving language about himself and the way that he is ministering and disciplining his own body, et cetera, et cetera. But the other part is that, you know, God doesn't have any problem with striving, you know, as, as it relates to the gospel. God has a problem with earning, mm. right? And so it's okay to strive just so long as we know that we're not earning anything with our striving, Yeah. right? That That we're striving because of what Jesus has already done for us and how he's already at work in us. And I love one of my favorite verses, uh, Tony, in all of Scripture. So 1 Corinthians 15, 9 and 10, Paul says this, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But listen to this. But the grace of God, but by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Mm. Yet not I, but the grace of God that's with me. So from Paul's perspective, he's saying he worked harder than anybody else. Yeah. But then he pulls it back and he says, but even that ability to, to work hard wasn't because of me. It's because of what God was doing in me. Uh, I love the idea that in the Wesleyan tradition, that, um, which I'm a part of, is the word for this is sanctification. Right. It's the process of every day becoming more like Christ by putting down more of what is considered my flesh. And so it feels very in alignment with what Paul's talking about, about beating his body into remission and about striving. And it's not striving, like you said, for earning's sake. It's striving to embrace the fullness of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm really thankful for that. Absolutely. All right, Tony, how about our, our takeaway? Let's begin to wrap up this episode. Takeaway, action step. The takeaway, athletes put into practice Athletes put in the practice, excuse me, to become something. Athletes put in the practice to become something. As disciple makers, it's no different. Hmm. We have to be willing to put in the practice. Mm -hmm. And the action step? Well, Justin and I just want to challenge you. Define your practice. How will you dedicate yourself to it? What does it look like? Maybe take some time and write it down, right? Write it down to find your practice. Get really clear about it. Um, It will help you get closer to Christ in different ways. As always, we're super thankful for you and our time together today. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. 
That way you don't miss next week's episode as we go into posture number three of the effective disciple maker, the farmer, which neither of us have any experience. <laughs> That's right. be fun. If we had a farmer, maybe we should call him. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week.